All right. Welcome back to Shatakast, a podcast where we discuss everything cinema. This is the fourth episode, and for this episode, for the very first time, we have a guest with us. So, Yash, hello. Please hello introduce everyone. yourself. Yeah. Uh, I am Yash Kuberkar, and like I'm very interested to be joining this podcast. And because we are talking about like three of my favorite movies, Blade Runner series, and on on these, so like I think we should start. Yeah, uh, and by the way, Yash is also uh, the part yeah. of NIT Film Society. Yeah, so he knows his stuff. Nice. <laughs> like always, you may or may not hear uh, the intro music. So if you hear, then great, or you will just hear us speaking. Okay, so uh, the first film that we're going to discuss uh, is a film called Insondies. It's a two thousand ten. Canadian French uh, film directed by Denis Villeneuve, or as people call him, Denis Villeneuve, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, who is also the co-writer of, of of the film. The story is uh, is uh, adapted from a play of the yeah. same name, and the play was by Vajdi Mawads. So the story concerns. Uh, two twins a brother and a sister who after the death of their mother travel to their native country which is in the middle east where they try to find their missing father and their brother who they didn't know so i would like to hear your thoughts on it so yash please yeah so as you explained the, the plot of the film it's about the two uh, it's about the twins uh, who who in order to respect their mother's last wishes this they go on the journey to in middle east to find find the uh, find the father and the brother and so it's a masterpiece i mean i it was so gripping for me and after watching the movie it took me a while to process the plot of the film as we go to the end and we see the see that see that twist see the truth of the truth yeah. which was revealed yeah and also the cinematographer for the film is the same uh, one which was for mommy uh, andre tal yeah he's yeah. he's the same Ooh, one wow of course yeah ah ah cool 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 cool, cool. yeah even he he's the he's a french canadian cinematographer mm-hmm. yeah and the obviously the the movie was quite haunting and it was brutal in portraying brutal, the, yeah Mm-hmm. portraying the situation of middle east and it it didn't yeah. shy anywhere uh, uh, showing the concept of uh, the war which was also based on religion religious conflicts and all mm-hmm. that is one thing which uh, you don't usually see in movies quite mm-hmm. where uh, no one has portrayed uh, the wars or situations in middle east <coughs> where we see both the parties very well yeah okay why don't we have our guest say uh, yeah yeah yes okay uh, like, the film? uh i would like like to start with a uh, like how willnum got the the inspiration for this like me turning the play into a movie so uh yeah. willnum said in an interview that like he went to montreal for the last uh, like it was the last performance of the play and he if uh, like luckily got the last two tickets for the play and he went and saw the play and it was like for 4 hours mm-hmm. and he said like the first impression he had was like when he saw apocalypse now for the first time which is like he was astonished oh, which is uh, yeah because mm-hmm. it's also a journey of a character into like self discovery and like uh, like he said for him it was like a greek tragedy mixed with the detective stuff like also because if you see mm-hmm. half of the movie it's about the sister and the brother it's about finding their, something yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also it's a self like he said the main theme for him was uh like how you have to overcome the anger you have inside you like which is like inherited by the family which is yeah given to you by a like it's inherited so it's like a yeah, very yeah. and he said like the uh, the only way he could infuse drama into it was n- like not by not doing it the melodramatic way but by doing it the raw realistic portrayal of the way. war yeah 
and one more interesting thing is like it starts off with one of my favorite radiohead songs you and who's army oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and also like for radiohead fans uh, pta if you know is a huge radiohead fan like all his movies are hmm. composed by johnny greenwood i saw his interview on this film and he said that uh, i have toned down the amount of violence Mm. because the play uh, the uh, the original play is actually very violent and brutal yeah. yeah he said i have toned it down by more than 50 60% so film is set in a fictional land like they didn't use the real location oh yeah uh, mm. i guess th- there was a mention of palestine somewhere mm. yeah there was that was yeah, one thing which i saw like he said in the like movie. he wanted to make it a political by not setting it in yeah a... yeah and the events of the film are inspired by the lebanese uh, civil war yeah 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 i also like the way the screenplay is written like how it jumps between the daughter's uh, journey. journey and, uh, yeah, and mother. the mother's journey as well yeah. yeah let's talk about the cinematography Uh, I mean the cinematography <laughs> did do its work of bringing the layer of horror and showing the way uh, things would have been or mm-hmm. things are there things are yeah, and the camera there. is handled yeah. as well when the when the film sort of uh, goes uh, in the in the 70s and the 80s time yeah that time the camera is in close up and it's handled and i and i also like the way like some sort of the shots he has done the one takes i don't want to spoil the film but in that one scene when she goes down and she does her work yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just reminded me a lot of kubrick mm-hmm. and and apparently denny denny villeneuve is a huge fan of uh, yeah. kubrick so yeah. and like his yeah so it's his all time favorite movie is 2001 a space odyssey yeah, yeah. he said that many times in an interview and like he said like the tracking shot of kubrick's like it comes to him mm-hmm. like almost yeah. subconsciously like yeah what else let's talk about the editing of the film there was this one scene where i noticed how good the editing was um, it was when uh, both of the siblings and their uh, lawyer mm. they go to the middle east and they have a helper there yeah Yeah, and then he's talking about what we can do to find Nihad, mm-hmm. who is apparently their uh, long lost brother. Yeah, like the way uh, the way Villeneuve has cut between between the close-ups and the wide shots, mm-hmm. like they are having a conversation in that little cafe or something. I really love that scene. I really really like that scene. And we will also talk about. Danny Villano more when we talk about uh, Blade 2049 yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah because the style of filmmaking is is so amazing it's really good really really good and uh, i this and was also, the fourth film i like, saw i would like to talk about one more scene the bus scene in which like she is traveling back oh to my her. god that oh, that that, yeah. that, oh, that scene is really brutal like willno said like um, only that is a scene where he went like full on like the violence like which he usually avoids yeah. like, over there he said like he had hmm. to put it in he because like that is the moment where you see the change in the lead character because yeah hmm. like that changes her whole view of war and like that makes her who she is right hmm. so that was really important yeah i mean considering all the thing and he said that he toned down the violence still violence. still the movie was quite harsh and re- realistic to yeah, watch yeah yeah i mean and also like there's one more thing about villeneuve films yeah. where like even like he has different dps in most of his movies but like still you can see the common thread of his style yeah, yeah, yeah his yeah. his his style he's a very uh, visual director he yeah, yeah, yeah. likes to show a lot of things yeah i mean yeah. he, he so likes to yeah he likes to make yeah he likes to make the movie visually intimate for his viewers yeah unfortunately we cannot talk about the plot that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> even in the plot like the scope and the movie spans over 
like a period of almost 30 40 years but mm-hmm. it's so intimate and personal to the main characters like i know and yeah, i know i know there's so many characters spread like throughout countries and like it almost can be hbo mini series for like if yeah i know i know it can be <laughs> it's it's really really well done also the, the uh, after watching this film you'll get to know one thing 1 plus 1 equals 1 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's we won't spoil it why 1 plus 1 equals 1 please don't spoil it yeah please don't spoil it and let's talk about the acting uh, by lubna azabal oh my god man it was it's so great so good so good uh, i don't know how she wasn't nominated for any award i don't know i mean i did send you a message after watching the movie i'm trying to process all things right now <laughs> i know <laughs> Yeah. and also like so, uh, willno said this about acting in some other interview like regarding some other movie but he said like the thing which he is concerned about the most before he shoots any movie is acting because as a director you can do all the things except go and act and like yeah. he says casting mm-hmm. is one of the yeah. most important things for him so and thing like, in all of his movies like all the characters yeah it's yeah yeah it's, it's really 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 good I mean, and some of the themes like uh, last movie no what what dune dune is dune is going to oh, be oh dune I'm, i'm very excited for dune yeah yeah uh, now we don't know when or if it is going to release over here <laughs> obviously But, it will uh, be delayed uh and some of the themes that that this film talks about yes i mean there is this whole uh, whole comment on hate uh, and war yeah hate yeah. and everything but 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 i like such films because they because they do it in a very subtle way yeah mm-hmm. like characters don't come on screen and and give a big speech and say oh you shouldn't fight or you shouldn't do 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 this and do that yeah they show it they show it through the realistic portrayal of war yeah and and there are so many war films out there which were which are just bullshit absolutely bullshit and yeah. they just want to be stylistic for the sake of it and yeah. there's uh, one more film and i'm sure that we will discuss this some film someday there's this film called come and see ah it's based uh, i think it's around the world war 2 time yeah, i yeah. haven't seen it yet yeah i, I mean, want I to watch it yeah it's, even even that film is is quite brutal in its portrayal it's of war yeah, and violence and all that yeah holding oh yeah harry astors yeah you know i so 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 i like such films they have a lot to say but they do it through through the characters and through the setting and through the surroundings which i like moment where like we get to know about the twists of the movie and like <laughs> directed with such nuance and like yeah, i know like it's showing like the twists and like you see in every other movie it's mm-hmm. so i mean beautiful and we so we that's that. the thing and it hits and it hits us like a gut punch you you yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean you are just watching it and it just comes and slaps you off exactly yeah. and that is not everyone can make such a movie i know and like if you want, want to make an anti war film this is how you make yeah. such such films yeah yeah right it it, it and... was nominated for best foreign language Uh, for Oscars and yeah, yeah it was Oscars 11 right Oscars so i don't <laughs> no but this i like the acting is so good by lubna yeah. azabal i just want to go back to that one scene which i will always remember is that when she is uh, put in the cell for the first time mm. uh, she is walking back and forth in her like, like this really really small small cell and she is walking back and you know you act, actually feel her uh, her insecurities and her desperation and her fears you know 
and like it's it's done so brilliantly it's so brilliantly loved it yeah do you guys have any complaints or anything you would have like sort of like uh like like not in a book, like better or something it's yeah no huh? i i no don't way. think i have any yeah and i was watching so, yeah, it do you guys it, uh, and it like <laughs> then let me sleep for two hours <laughs> yeah no man it's really good <laughs> yeah so do you guys want to add more to the film something which you would like to talk about i want to talk about not for this film in particular but uh, in regards to denis villeneuve's film making but we will do it for 2049 okay okay yeah so so yeah shamash do you rate the film i'll give it a 5 on 5 Ten on ten, like <laughs> there's no. Ten on ten, right? Yeah, yeah. Like for the like first watch, I have seen it only once, and it is yeah. a ten on ten for me, me too. I didn't really find anything which would ruin the experience. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, this was uh, Insomnies. Unfortunately, it is not available on any streaming platform. Yeah. So you guys That's will have to buy the Blu-ray, <laughs> or. <laughs> or download the movie by paying of course yeah. <laughs> but yeah so insomnies do check it out it is brilliant absolutely brilliant and yeah all right so the next film that we are going to talk about is uh, blade runner So, so yes, why don't you introduce the movie? Yeah, so Blade Runner is a ninety nineteen eighty two science sci fi movie directed by Ridley Scott, and it's a Blade. Okay, I'll explain the plot now. Uh, Blade Blade Runner uh, Blade Runner. Uh, so the in the movie the there's an ex policeman called uh, named uh, Rick Rick Deckard who becomes a kind of special agent to exterminate group of violent androids and uh, he and in the process of it he starts to question his own identity mm-hmm. and all. So that that's the plot of the movie. It is it is uh, based on. Uh... Yeah. the book do androids dream of electric sheep which is written mm. by uh, philip philip k dick yeah um yeah and it's it's it it says about a kind of future uh, where uh, future where 2019 <laughs> was shown where humans have a kind of uh, weird off from the humanity and like uh, and the androids are more than capable for humans and they have their own problems uh, overall so what do you guys think about the film yes why don't you go ahead uh, so like blade runner is a like the whole franchise is very special for me like <laughs> i'm like both my laptop background and my phone wallpaper is blade runner wallpaper <laughs> oh that's cool uh and like i would like to like for me the major theme of blade runner like even if you see the opening shot of blade runner is through someone's eyes right eyes <clears throat> like it, yeah and so uh is the major theme is, theme is like uh, what uh, differs humans from machines like they say if you're born replicants. like yeah replicants uh, if you're born you have a soul and they say your eyes are the reflection of your soul mm-hmm. so like it's a like it's such a beautiful opening shot in both the movies actually in 2049 also the opening shot is through someone's eyes mm. and like 2049 yeah. like the only theme like the major theme they explore is uh like the what makes you human what makes you but like we'll get later mm. into that yeah uh, like and also like it's like Ridley Scott had so many fights with Warner Bros regarding do you know do you guys know like the five I, versions of blade runner uh no yeah i, I mean, don't know about that yeah but the most recommended one is the yeah, final cut, cut right so like there yeah, the, the cut. original cut which ridley scott edited which was uh 
like cut after the movie was shot and it like it never played in any US theater because Warner Bros were so pissed off with it and like they thought no one will understand this so yeah. like they did a, another cut which is the theatrical cut which came out in the theaters in 1982 mm-hmm. and like that cut had a voice over whenever like uh, Deckard is thinking there's like he actually speaks out what he's thinking oh like oh i am oh, a yeah, i am ex cop and it also has a happy ending where uh, Rachel and Deckard actually are together and they do all kinds of stuff like man oh. Ridley Scott was very pissed off with it and the third cut is the international cut <laughs> yeah the international cut which was mm, slightly more violent than the theatrical cut but still it had the voice over and the happy ending in 1992 okay. uh, Ridley Scott did a director's cut like he approved of fine like it didn't have the voice over and the happy ending and in 2007 mm-hmm. he did a final cut where he edited it personally and like he made some audio and video, uh, video improvements and like that is the cut he recommends for everyone to watch oh so which cut is on netflix because i watched the movie on netflix i think it it's the didn't version. have a voice over no, uh, it's a 2007 version only like i think oh yeah cool yeah yeah but like nolan when he talks about it he says like the theatrical cut He he liked it because that is the one he saw when he was a child in a theater. Yeah, like uh, and... the theatrical cut is the most personal to a lot of filmmakers. Even when no saw the theatrical cut only because like that is the one <laughs> which one like which was accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the biggest selling point of this film was uh, its production design and oh. the visuals. Yeah, because. if you watch the film uh, like the film was released in 1982 and yeah this film surprised me in every single way i so i didn't know anything about uh, the plot or the story i just knew that it stars uh, harrison ford and it has a great line uh, saying all those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain I just knew these two things. I didn't even know that the film was directed by Ridley Scott. So when I watched the film, I was like, I was like completely blank, basically. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the movie. But this film exceeded my expectations in every way possible. The story, the the music, the production design, cinematography, everything, even the acting. Yeah, matter. and the music, the background score by. No, the yeah, the background score is by Vangelis, who uh, is a uh, who is a Greek uh, Greek uh, music composer. I think. For me, it's one of my like best or like original scores ever. Like the mm. there's actually videos on YouTube where Vangelis is actually composing for the movie. Like oh oh yeah, you should yeah, check, check that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like uh, this production design man. Mm-hmm. how like how how did he do that back in 1982 i don't know and there's a scene in the film where uh, where he's like trying to find something in a photo yeah so he tells that system to go 29 right and some, something left and k right yeah. and something like that i mean that's basically voice command right Yeah. something which which we didn't have like till like two, 2010 i think mm mm-hmm. so, and he they did it back in like 2000, like 1982 which is great yeah i mean they they did imagine a few technologies for 2019 yeah. the uh, voice command and all which you did say uh, and also flying cars or whatever they shown it's not mm-hmm. now it's not here right now they have not made it they have not invented it also but they did show yeah. they had hope that maybe till 2019 we we may have yeah. one thing uh, as well like uh, like even though the film is set in the future but this futuristic dystopian world somehow feels yeah. really grounded yeah it it, yeah. it doesn't feel very overwhelming at all same mm-hmm. for 2049 as well yeah yeah 
but but that's the thing i mean they they tried to show the 2019 quite futuristic and all but then uh, the humans in 2019 had had lost mm. many things and it that was that was something which i think they did show to balance things out it didn't feel too cheesy at all Uh, mm, yeah. yeah yeah and the cinematography as well so uh, i watched uh, ridley scott's uh, interview on this so is so if you notice so all of the replicants in the, in the film yeah they have a uh, shine in yeah eyes, and right? there's a twinkle uh, in their eye so how he managed to do it was he took a small piece of mirror and he taped it in a 45 degree angle over the lens yeah and then he reflected a beam of light so when the replicants speak their their eyes twinkle in a very subtle way yeah i mean yeah. even these little details he yeah managed to pull off is yeah he's talking about the screen. first scene where deckard meets rachel right uh, rachel yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, yeah. like one also, other thing I would like to talk about this movie is yeah. uh, it has a lot of scenes where, like Deckard is tired and sleeping, like <laughs> that for me captures the whole like tone and the mood of this movie where mood of the film, yeah, yeah, like you you know you see in twenty forty nine the first shot of Ryan Gosling is him sleeping in the his <laughs> like yeah yeah like. <laughs> the dreams those like it's a very major theme of blade runner where like other movies yeah. they don't really like you you'll never see a character like sleeping or like there's one shot in which the we are just in the lift with Harrison Ford and like he's just yawning throughout as the lift reaches his floor like that's like it's there for 10 to 15 seconds yeah like other movies will just edit it out yeah. but like blade runner they have kept it yeah 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 can we talk about the the way he has shown the colors of, colors of the colors mm, in the, film, the, the way neon lights the yeah 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 neon lights and i guess he had to use uh, two kind of uh, lights to shoot it mm. uh, i guess two light sources where mm. i i did read it somewhere where he used two light sources uh, one was the key light and backlight ah. yeah i mean the way he has shown uh, future and the lights uh, the colors which have uh, which he has shown it's so i mean it's dark to it's dark the future is kind of they have shown it's dark hmm. for everyone yeah no what do you guys think about that this film is uh, is is quite dark in terms of uh, the visual style i'm saying yeah right like is yeah. like yeah. uh, there isn't sunlight at all and like the cinematographer of the movie Jordan Cronin is actually the uh, father of Jeff Cronin with the cinematographer of all Fincher movies oh yeah what yeah like he shot fight club gone girl uh, there is nepotism in cinematography too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is actually like, both are brilliant yeah so it's it's fine then yeah. and like you said like yeah the cinematography is like a huge aspect of this movie in terms of like huge part of the film of yeah mood the yeah. colors of the movie i mean the the way the way he has used the light sources was not, uh, comparing that comparing the films of that time it was quite unorthodox for him to mm-hmm. do that kind mm-hmm. of uh To use that yeah, of, because uh, back in nineteen eighty two, I think the only science fiction film that people knew knew about was Star Wars. Yeah, right. Yeah. And even Star Wars, in my personal opinion, only Star like Trek, only Empire Strikes Back is a good film. Like the rest of them are average at yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. I love Star <laughs> so, Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i mean i mean it's good it's not a bad bad franchise but like it's it's yeah. like some of the films are overrated in my opinion okay yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later yeah. sometime yeah later yeah. yeah yeah no but 
yeah and um, no it's very very early evident from this film like this film has inspired so many science fiction films yeah right like in terms of uh, its presentation style and the vfx and stuff so it's it's, yeah. it's a great film and the acting is whoosh who is that guy <laughs> monologue and after he read it to ridley scott ridley scott said like you have definitely stole it from somewhere yeah. <laughs> but he no no i and it it's went on to be like one of the greatest moments in cinematic history mom yeah, yeah i mean yeah. i have never cried in a sci-fi film uh, prior to this but i cried in this film mm-hmm. like towards the end it just touched me like so much like it's yeah. amazing it really really good all those moments will be lost in time like and also days. like what do you guys think is decker a replicant or a human uh, that is the question <laughs> which <laughs> even denny will know hasn't answered yet yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> but like you see ridley scott in every People interview think... says like decker is a replicant like he never changes his ha i mean no but people think he is a replicant and i guess they he I guess uh, someone did, did say he is not a replicant. Yeah, I like Harrison know. Ford thinks he is not a replicant. He thinks he is not a replicant. <laughs> yeah, Harrison Ford thinks he is not a replicant. And also, like, but I like the film. Is he like? But still, is if he is a if we consider him as a replicant, then he starts to question his own identity. And if he is a human, still he starts to question his own identity mm-hmm. at the end. and also like uh, ridley scott justified him being a replicant like one of the points he said was like decker if you see is always paranoid in the movie like he's a paranoid officer because mm, yeah like he kills the replicants who almost are human so if you mm. end up killing so many replicants you are almost unsure whether like the agency has your right. name on the list as well like so you never sure if you uh, might be the next person who will get killed yeah. Harrison Ford portrayed the paranoia and like and like the Warner Bros did fuck it up by the voice over but like if if you see a lot of his acting isn't through dialogues it's through At, those, yeah he has yeah. he has very very few dialogues yeah. and also like uh, Harrison yeah. Ford before that he was Han Solo and in like Han Indiana Solo. Jones Yeah, so yeah. this was a major surprise for a lot of his fans. Where mm-hmm. he portrayed a character who like, like never speaks mostly in the movie. Yeah, and he did a brilliant job. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. brilliant job. Yeah. yeah. And we'll and talk also, about the themes of the film when we talk about twenty forty nine. Yeah, like because I don't point, think we can. Yeah, go uh, ahead. A fun fact: where like the guy who plays Tyrell, right, the owner of the uh, industry. <laughs> He, he is, is in the uh, shining from <laughs> yeah <laughs> shining yeah yeah he's the bart bart ender from yeah. shining and uh, and apparently uh so the set so the set for the shining right ridley scott used the same same set for the for the tyrell corporation's office yeah Yeah, so it's the same. So yeah. he just changed the stuff around. And also, like the cut which uh, Warner Bros did right with the happy ending, so it had mm-hmm. shots and it was taken from the yes, 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 thing, like the uh, yes. Yeah, so the, the opening, yeah. the opening. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I read this. Uh, I saw this in that director's uh, round table. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he apparently called Stanley Kubrick, and he said, "If, if like, if you have some uh, unused footage, please send." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> great man. Ridley Scott, he has done a lot of uh, commercials and stuff. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. So he's a very uh, 
जुगाड़ो फिल्म मेकर like that is his yeah. emotional arc throughout the movie right like he feels like as the movie progresses you see yeah, so... uh, he goes on a journey like he finds some things which might suggest that he is a human and again one of the important themes of the movie is yeah. are we the culmination yeah. of all our memories like what makes us human those again yes, those yes. themes yeah. come is... back from the original blade runner movies like that's the whole story of k like he goes on a journey where he has some memories of his childhood and he feels like he was born he has a soul but one thing i would like to add is uh, so this movie takes place 30 years after the main movie right the original movie uh, willow asked uh, two of his favorite directors to make three short films which are set in the period between 2019 and 2049 So these three short films are there on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, 2022, which is an anime called Blackout 2022. The second one is uh, 2036, which is Nexus Dawn, which shows us the oh. origin of Jared Leto's yeah, yeah, yeah. character yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the uh, 2048 one is called Nowhere to Run, which has uh, Dave Bautista's character, like his day-to-day mm-hmm. life and how it turns into something sad. and a fun fact like the, the two of them are directed by luke scott son of rilu scott luke scott 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's his son. And uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was his brother. <laughs> no, no. Okay. And the anime is like yeah. anime shows the important event in the uh, middle of these two movies, which is the blackout in the Blade Runner timeline. Okay, okay. Like what happened during the blackout? Yeah. And these all three short films are there on YouTube. So, you guys, yeah, who, who's going to like the people who are going to watch it for the first time can watch these three short films before they see twenty forty nine. Yeah. They are on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah i mean it, it's a really amazing movie the visuals were visuals were so great we'll come back to we'll go back to cinematography later but then uh do you do you remember the scene where uh, where dave batista says yeah you have never seen a miracle mm. and yeah. then, and as the movie goes on uh, and at the end i mean not the end just before that he realizes i mean he when he realizes what the miracle was mm oh yeah i mean that was so that that was that was good yeah also uh, i think so we should not talk about the theme themes themes theme of yeah, the so i would like to talk about 2049 okay yeah go ahead so yeah. when i watched uh, the original blade runner um that film like i said it exceeded my expectations in in every way possible so when i when i started watching this film i knew that this was a great film to begin with right so the bar was set mm-hmm. really really high but even this movie exceeded my expectations in every way i knew it it was a great film i just didn't know that it is a masterpiece so yeah that's all i want to say so so yeah she was saying something uh, even in even in this film i mean the the uh, there's no kind of natural light in uh, shown in 2049 mm. it, it's the same thing it just evolved a little bit and humans are still the same but after the there was a blackout and they started the project again they perfected the replicants and all but still they had they had to hunt hunt a few of them down mm yeah that even the acting was really good ryan gosling is like yeah he's a very good actor and I, what i what i like about uh, the way he acts is his his acting is really internal yeah right so most of his acting is just it's it's through eyes or through his body language and stuff yeah Like, like each of his films, his uh, he he seems really different and sort of similar at the same time. Like it's 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 a really great skill that he has. I also want to talk about uh, the pacing of this this film. I think the movie is paced really really well. Mm. Like I said, for uh, Blade Runner, I I thought the film sort of became stagnant in the middle. Though though that film is less than two hours. Yeah. and 2049 is 2 hours and 45 minutes, 45 minutes but yeah. this film is so well well paced mm, yeah. and it is not a surprise because villeneuve is is, is such a such a great director when it comes to the pacing of a film or moving the story forward that the film like every single scene has certain relevance to the story it's not there for nothing yeah yeah so which is really 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 good and like the film is 2 hours 45 minutes minutes but it doesn't it doesn't feel like that like that yeah and like, mm-hmm. it's great and there's not a lot of action going on but still the film feels like it it, it is flowing at a really good pace yeah so this really yeah. is brilliant okay so i i was just saying about the uh, the relationship between the characters the k Uh, and the relationship uh, which he had with joy and how it how even she was a mere programming she, she was just a bit bit of a program somewhere but he still had that concept of 
conceptions of uh, empathy and all for compassion and love for our yeah so let's talk about the themes now because now that we have covered both the movies yeah um or do you guys want to talk about the cinematography and the technical stuff yeah. first technically the movie is uh, really great and flawless yeah, yeah. It, it, the cinematographer is roger deakins where can you go deakins. wrong with him yeah 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 so i wanted to talk about roger deakins a bit so like his cinematography as we all know is is absolutely brilliant like in yeah. all the films he is really really great and what i like about his style is that it doesn't interfere with the story mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it it makes it better yeah right and that is something i, I so it's this is not a criticism but just a difference between roger deakins and uh, and uh, emmanuel lubezki who is the cinematographer for gravity birdman children of men and all of these great revenant like his revenant yeah so his his style of cinematography is a sort of show off i would say it's not a bad thing i'm not saying it in a bad way but i, I just think it is a bit show offy mm-hmm. right so like so you know like okay this is going to be uh you know it is going to be a long take there are going to be a lot of close ups and tracking shot and and all, all so it's not subtle his style is not subtle whereas roger deakins's cinematography is is so beautiful first of all like visually it is really good plus plus it is it is really subtle uh, as well but like i it, feel it just enhances the story so much uh, lubeski cinematography is more suited to the movies he has chosen right like where movies yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so if lubeski had done this film i don't think it would have suited mm. and like he likes right. to show so, a lot of his he, natural light yeah. and like it's not very mm, exactly. lighting is almost natural yeah. there's no artificial lights like in revenant if you see they hard no, to no artificial light yeah, yeah. no they haven't at all and yeah it's all uh, natural and yeah. lubeski is like how he captures like that's why he has worked with terence malick a lot because like terence malick loves those natural like he also shoots in that mm-hmm. similar style so like even lubeski has his yeah uh, like a certain set of directors who will like he'll work with like the best like inari to or yeah like deakins does with coens like he has shot almost coens yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like half of the films yeah. yeah and also like deakins i read one of his interviews recently where he was saying like uh how he uh rebelled against how the studio wanted him to shoot 2049 like he said he wanted 2049 to shoot, shoot in a way where it's the cinematography would convey the story rather than like for him that is the most important thing uh in like and he said like most of the hollywood movies now go for the aesthetic feel of the movie and like not mm-hmm. conveying the story what the uh script is going yeah. for yeah like and that is a huge difference between deakins and other cinematographers and also yeah. like no like the deakins deakins has really nailed the digital cinematography also like he's one cinematographer who's know, who has I been there since the film look and he like he has been the yeah. yeah he has done it really well like uh, like even in uh, 1917 yeah like like even that, that he has done a really good job yeah but 1917 yeah yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah so and... like visually and and aesthetically this film is uh, one of the best like one of the best out there yeah yeah and this is so amazing and even the soundtrack like uh, some of the soundtrack is from the original, original. film yeah uh, but but uh, most of it is new and it is uh, composed by 
cinema through like images like conveying story through images like one of the best directors you can you can study is villeneuve like it's not just there for making it look and he has worked with so many cinematographers deakins andre topin and all those guys but like you can see a common thread of uh common thread yeah yeah like his style is there in yeah. everywhere like all of his movies mm. like yeah. i mean like i think he has worked with deakins twice now i guess with prisoners uh, and yeah he prisoners and uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah even yeah even uh, this thing uh, uh, even arrivals uh, cinematography and yeah. like style is really really beautiful yeah how could i forget arrival like arrival uh, i think it's uh, beautiful movie yeah thing is i forgot the name uh something bradford young yeah yeah bradford young yeah something like that yeah even like arrival cinematography like, beautiful when i first saw arrival i thought like deakins had shot it yeah i same same but yeah and what i what i like about like uh, the way he handles his characters right like uh, if mm-hmm. you see yeah. like like in like in all of his films which i have seen it's like uh, the the main character is always in search of something mm, yeah mm-hmm. right they are they, they are always trying to find something or uh, they are trying to uh, decipher a code right like, uh, so for example yeah. in uh, prisoners right so uh, jake jillenhall's character right like, right he's uh, mm. he's trying to solve the maze of uh, the missing children yeah yeah right even in arrival uh, amy, amy Adam. adams's character yeah even her character is uh, is uh, is trying to communicate with yeah. those beings yeah and yeah. the way so he handles them right is so brilliant and it's so subtle and it's, it's a very it's in a very beautiful way mm-hmm. and it always makes for a very compelling watch yeah and also if you see he has fantastic a body of work like if you start from insondies in 2010 then prisoners in 2013 enemy in 2013 arrival 14. in 2016 blade runner in 2017 2017 yeah. right so it's like in mm. the span of 7 years he has put out like six brilliant movies masterpieces and yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, like each one of them is yeah and like that's why he said like he got so exhausted by the work he was doing so i think dune is going to be his last movie i think he's retiring after dune like he really? said he's going to retire after blade runner but like the dunes uh, yeah he loved the story so much like he said dune is going to be his last movie hmm. yeah oh yeah and the cinematographer oh, for dune is going to be the cinematographer of rogue one the star wars like and hans zimmer greg uh, greg greg fraser yeah yeah is yeah. going to be the cinematographer and hans zimmer is going to be the director and screenplay is written by denny villeneau and eric roth and yeah. frank oh. herbert yeah damn can we get back to 2049 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to add something? No, no, I, no, no. I was just saying about the his style of filmmaking. Uh, the the style of filmmaking is something which is unique. Mm-hmm. 
also do you guys want to say anything about the uh, thematic color color palette of the film yes color palette is uh, it's like uh, like it's on the opposite end of spectrum so you have your uh, your really uh, warm uh, or, orange tones and then really cool blue blue yeah. tones in in yeah. the film and i mean like cinematography wise it's is the movie's flawless like we said it's so good yeah loved it loved every bit of it and yeah. this is how you make sequels and the best part about this film and film is and i see this in a lot of sequels that are being made They these days especially by disney original. yeah not even a ruin so they don't have anything original to say they I mean, just yeah, reference yeah. the, the previous movie they just reference yeah so so they reference the previous film they are like oh do you remember this happened in the first movie or oh, you remember that that happened? that's like, what they they, they do yeah. in the ruin the entire series yeah from like, yeah, like that uh, disney ruin in, uh, like Rise exactly of like uh, after after I think Force Awakens, all of the films I saw only one. All of them were like really bad. No, no, Last Jedi is really good. Ryan Johnson, like he did a very good job. But like Rise of Sky, like right with Last Jedi, what happened was uh, the fanboys, like the grumpy fanboys, they started. Complaining that it's just too liberal. It has a lot of yeah. characters. Like those are the complaints. So like they come, yeah. they, they ruined Skywalker. Like they gave fans everything they wanted. And in the most yeah. uninteresting, and like that's why Blade Runner. You see the sequel is the made. It's like it references the original, but like they have so many new things to say about the universe, like the Blade right. Runner cinematic universe. And I think hmm. this. I think it's the only place where, like, I've seen the sequel, uh, <laughs> like it surpasses the original. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for me, it it somehow made the original one a little better as well. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how, but <laughs> but it did. This is a sequel which is which has something to say on its own, not just fucking reference the previous film and ruin the entire series. Yeah, like Finding yeah. Dory, that film which came, which was sequel <laughs> to Finding Nemo. Yeah. Why? Why? Why the fuck would you make it? Why? It doesn't. It be. It's so stupid that film. And also, if you see, like Terminator is. Also, they remade Terminator. It. Like you have fucking like that's why. Like I, I like the Infinity War more than I like the End Game because End Game was. I mean, they knew that it was. It is going to be the last film in the Marvel franchise. Is it was just reference to the previous film without yeah. really like without saying anything new. Okay. So, anyway, so that was uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Do you guys have anything more to say about it? No, man. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. No. Yeah, I think that's. I think Harrison Ford's uh, best performance in Blade Runner twenty forty nine he has ever done. <laughs> okay. <In my> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and unfortunately, even this film is not available anywhere. But yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure, like people who will watch Blade Runner, they will definitely somehow they will find a way to watch this film. Yeah, um, and so, also yeah, if, Yash, what's like, your rating? Before, Sorry, before seeing twenty forty nine, do check out the three short films. Like they'll also definitely. Yeah, please check out the three short films. If possible, we will put the link in the description. Yeah, and uh, uh, Yash, how much do you rate the movie? Ten on ten, like this. <laughs> yeah, ten on ten for me too. Uh, yeah. So Yash, it's a five on five. Five, five on five. Yeah, so that was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. 
and uh, this concludes uh, today's episode so yash thank you so much for coming yeah yeah, yeah. and, and like, whenever you like gonna invite me back i'll definitely come back yeah of course yeah, of yeah, course yeah. of course we will and like so, today like, and, uh, today is the first podcast i ever recorded so thank you guys yeah and, <laughs> and also like all these three today is the fourth so... podcast that we ever recorded yeah. <laughs> and like these three yeah. movies are so special to me so thank you yeah and uh, do you have any recommendations for our viewers a film which you really want them to watch mm. or any series any any sitcom series uh, <laughs> like i've been a book maybe i don't watching know. a lot of sitcoms recently so like i talk about these sitcoms wherever i can it's it's always sunny in philadelphia and community so like mm. if you get the time and also i think a lot of us are free right now so and a lot of people like watching sitcoms yeah. so do check these out yeah they are my favorite sitcoms so uh, nice so thank you so much for being here thank you thank you and uh, thank watch you guys for watch the films and let us know and follow yash kuberkar on instagram <laughs> not on instagram on letterbox sorry <laughs> on not letterbox. on instagram yeah yeah let it work don't 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 follow us on instagram because our accounts are private yeah. we don't accept it no 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 request so follow us on letterbox, letterbox. i did mention yeah. uh, I, and i did mention what letterbox is in the first episode so watch yeah. the first episode if you want to know what letterbox is yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah thank you guys for listening and we will see you in the next one